The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Bloomberg is now in your dashboard with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. It's free with the latest version of the Bloomberg Business app. It gives you access to every Bloomberg podcast, live audio feeds from Bloomberg Radio, plus hear the latest headlines at the click of a button with Bloomberg News Now. That's the Bloomberg Business app. Get it on your phone in the Apple App Store or on Google Play. Just download the app, connect your phone to your car, and get started. It's presented by our sponsor, Interactive Brokers. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with last night's election results and a major victory for abortion rights in Ohio. Voters approved Issue 1, which enshrines the right to abortion access in the state constitution, by a 56 to 44 percent margin. Bloomberg Politics reporter Mark Niquette is in Ohio and has more. It passed pretty overwhelmingly. And what's going to get a lot of attention is this passed in what has become a a Republican state. And it's clear that this issue passed even in counties that Donald Trump carried pretty handily in 2020. Bloomberg's Mark Niquette reports this makes Ohio the latest state to back abortion rights after last year's Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. In the interest of transparency, we should note that Michael Bloomberg, founder and majority owner of Bloomberg Radio parent Bloomberg LP, donated a million dollars to the campaign supporting Ohio's abortion rights amendment. Well, Nathan, it was also a good night for Democrats in Virginia. With every seat in the state legislature up for grabs, Democrats won majorities in both the House of Delegates and the state Senate. It's a blow to Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin. He's seen as a presidential contender in 2028 and had hoped to pass a 15-week abortion ban with GOP control. And in another major race, Democrat Andy Beshear has won a second term as governor of Kentucky, a state former President Donald Trump carried by nearly 25 points in 2020. And in other political news, Karen, tonight in Miami, Republicans hold their third presidential debate. Five candidates will take part. Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, and Chris Christie. While Nathan notably absent will be GOP frontrunner Donald Trump. Two days after the former president testified at his New York fraud trial, it's his daughter Ivanka's turn to take the stand. And Bloomberg said Baxter has the story. The trial issue is whether Donald Trump inflated the worth of his properties to lenders and other business dealings. Ivanka Trump has pretty much disappeared from the public spotlight, opting to leave both New York and Washington, D.C. for Miami. But part of what prosecutors want to look at is her role in several real estate transactions, as well as the valuation of her New York apartment, which they say was priced at about two and a half times the value. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Ed, thank you. We now turn to the latest developments in the war in the Middle East. Israel says its troops have entered the middle of Gaza's main city. Meanwhile, Saudi Arabia's Minister of Investment says talks toward normalization of ties with Israel remain on the table, despite the kingdom's criticism of Israeli military action. We spoke exclusively with Khalid Al-Fala. You know, when those discussions were taking place, and His Royal Highness the Crown Prince was clear that it is contingent on a pathway to peace, uh, peaceful resolution of the Palestinian questions. That, were, that was on the table, it remains on the table. And obviously the setback over the last uh, month 
has brought that, has clarified why was Saudi Arabia so adamant that resolution of the Palestinian conflict has to be part of a broader normalization in the Middle East. Saudi Investment Minister Khalid al-Fala added his country is pained on a human level at the loss of life in Gaza and in Israel. He spoke at the Bloomberg New Economy Forum in Singapore. Well, back in the U.S., Nathan, the House has voted to censure Democrat Rashida Tlaib of Michigan for her rhetoric about the Israel-Hamas war. And Speaker Mike Johnson presided over the vote. On this vote, the yeas are 234 and the nays are 188, with four answering present. The resolution is adopted. The House's action was an extraordinary rebuke of the only Palestinian-American in Congress. Tlaib defended her stance, saying she, quote, will not be silenced and I will not let you distort my words. Turning to markets now, Karen, the S&P 500 is coming off seven straight days of gains. Today, investors await more clues on interest rates from a host of central bank officials, including Fed Chair Jay Powell. Yesterday, Fed Governor Christopher Waller commented on the recent jump in 10-year yields. Since the beginning of July, this thing has gone way up, almost a full percentage point. I think in central bank terms and financial markets, that's an earthquake. Governor Chris Waller notes yields on 10-year treasuries have climbed more than 100 basis points since the end of July. Well, earnings will also be on investors' minds this afternoon. We hear from Disney, Nathan, and Bloomberg's Tom Busby has a preview. With strong revenue expected at its theme parks, Disney forecasts to report overall earnings growth for last quarter and to once again add subscribers to its flagship Disney Plus streaming service. Investors also watching any comment on when that streaming business will be profitable. The latest on spinning off its ESPN network into a separate streaming unit and updates on selling off the ABC network and other non-core media holdings. Bloomberg consensus calls for adjusted earnings per share of 69 cents, revenue of 21.43. Billion dollars. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Tom, thanks. And after the bell, earnings to get you caught up on. We're watching shares of Robinhood. They're down 7.5% in early trading. The online brokerage reported revenue that missed estimates. Bumble shares are down 9%. A day after announcing it would replace its CEO, the dating app reported worse than expected revenue guidance. Rivian Automotive shares are up 6.5%. The EV maker is raising its forecast for overall production this year. And forgive me, but shares of Toast are toast this morning. They are down 17.5%. The restaurant software company lowered the upper range of its full-year revenue forecast. And it is time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning. Good morning, Karen. History made in the city of brotherly love. Among the results of Tuesday's election, Democrat Sherelle Parker won Philadelphia's mayoral election. Parker becomes the first female mayor of the city. No matter where we went, our message stayed the same. And guess what I learned during that time, Philadelphia? That people were yearning for authenticity. Parker won with 74% of the vote. Another first in the nation's smallest state, Democrat Gabe Ammo defeated Republican Jerry Leonard to win Rhode Island's first congressional district seat and become that state's first black candidate elected to Congress. The journey of so many Rhode Islanders and their families is one of grit, hard work, determination, and resilience. And I... 
I stand on the shoulders of so many who came before me to make this day possible. Ammo picked up 65% of the vote there. Based on questions from the bench, a majority of justices on the Supreme Court appear inclined to uphold a federal gun ban on people who are under restraining orders for domestic violence. The Solicitor General, Elizabeth Prelogor, defended the law. The constitutional principle is clear. You can disarm dangerous persons. The federal ban has been on the books for 30 years. WeWork's collapse is spreading through the battered commercial real estate industry, threatening to upend dozens of leases in cities, including San Francisco and New York. That story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The co-working giant's spiral into bankruptcy hit landlords along the way as it renegotiated and sought to exit many leases. Now, Monday's bankruptcy filing and a plan to terminate nearly 70 of those contracts is set to exacerbate issues facing many of WeWork's landlords, the tenant wants out and could have more power to leave. Office owners have been grappling with a slowdown spurred by higher borrowing costs that are pressuring building values, as well as a shift in tenant demand with a rise in remote work. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. And Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm John Tucker and this is Bloomberg Karen. All right, John, thank you. It is time now to get a check of sports. But first, we're going to tell you that we bring you news throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio. But now, as John said, you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Now with sports, here's John Stashauer. John. Karen, the college basketball season is underway, and it begins with Kansas ranked number one. The Jayhawks had a season-opening win on Monday, and the day after, they restructured the contract of their longtime coach, Bill Self. He's won two national championships. He's already in the Hall of Fame, and Self's new contract means that he surpasses John Calipari. He's now the highest-paid coach in college hoops. Baylor beat Auburn 88-82, a win for St. John's, playing for the first time under their new coach, another Hall of Famer, Rick Pitino. There was no NBA. There's some big ones tonight. It's the Celtics and Sixers in Philadelphia. Both teams are 5-1. and one. Philly's 4-0 and oh at home. Denver, the defending NBA champs, 7-1, 5-0 at home. And tonight, welcoming in the Golden State Warriors. San Jose Sharks finally got a win. It was 2-1 over Philadelphia. That's their first win of the season. It comes in their 12th game. Tennessee Titans say they will stick with rookie quarterback Will Levis even when the incumbent QB, Ryan Tannehill, returns from his ankle injury. Levis very impressive in his first start when he threw four touchdown passes. They drafted him in the second round out of Kentucky. Kyler Murray is going to make his season debut for Arizona on Sunday, back from the torn ACL suffered last season. Josh Dobbs, not surprisingly, becomes the starter in Minnesota. He was pressed into duty last Sunday because of an injury to the rookie quarterback who went down and Dobbs rallied the Vikings to victory. Of course, they've lost Kirk Cousins for the season. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. 
Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. We want to get you more results from last night's off-off-year elections. Abortion rights may have been officially on the ballot in just one state, but the issue may have driven voters in races beyond that state, Ohio, and into Virginia and perhaps beyond. For more, we're joined now by Bloomberg News Senior Editor Bill Ferries. Bill, good morning. It was a pretty overwhelming result uh, for Issue 1 in Ohio. Does that result have resonance into next year's election? Absolutely. I think um, for Democrats who uh, have been uh, really trying to get the party to focus on abortion rights, uh, they're all seeing uh, what they would call victories in Ohio, Kentucky, and even Virginia last night. And I think they're going to say that that is a positive way forward for them looking into 2024 after what is probably, uh, many would say, has been a tough week looking at uh, polls showing uh, President Biden perhaps uh, lagging uh, uh, former President Trump in a number of the key swing states. So this is something I think, uh, given the results last night, you're going to hear Democrats talking a lot more about uh, in the coming months. That abortion, I'm sorry, that uh, result in Virginia in particular is pretty interesting because the Republican governor there, Glenn Youngkin, who's been talked about as a potential presidential candidate, not just in 2028, but this in this cycle as well, had campaigned pretty hard on this idea that if Republicans took over the uh, state legislature, that a 15-week abortion ban could be passed in Virginia. What does this result for Democrats winning in Virginia mean for Youngkin's uh, political prospects? Well, for Democrats, I think it's a big uh, sigh of relief that uh, that the, the Virginia still came in, uh, I think, on their side. And it looks like uh, both chambers are going to be in Democratic hands uh, going into the uh, going into next year. Uh, for Youngkin, I think it's going to be it's going to make that idea that he could be some sort of last minute candidate uh, if for some reason Donald Trump is not in the race. Uh, it starts to rule that out. He has a much weaker hand facing Democrats in both chambers. 
numbers uh, in terms of being able to get his policies passed and dominating the agenda. I think Democrats are going to try to set the tone uh, once they take their seats. It does, you know, it's still, um, I, I think the idea that uh, Youngkin could, could be a candidate in 2028 is also tested a little bit. It's so early to even be talking about that at this point. But if, you know, if you're a if you're a potential, yet we do. If you're a potential candidate looking that far ahead, you think about the agenda you want to set, the accomplishments, the legislative accomplishments you'd like to have, and uh, and I think this makes that a lot harder for someone like Governor Youngkin to to plan out and game out ahead of that election. You know, uh, almost five years from now. You mentioned Democrats potentially uh, talking more about abortion rights uh, into this election cycle. What about the economy? That's been an issue that this president has struggled to gain traction on. Uh, Does abortion override economic issues for voters in this election cycle? You know that it, that's uh, it's ec- the economy is is often the deciding uh, factor for a lot of voters going into the polling booth. I think uh, there are there are definitely voters on both sides who would view uh, abortion as uh, as a as the key issue, the biggest thing, the most important thing to them. But in the end, you know, I think the economy is often what swings uh, voters either way, particularly those independent voters in the middle. If uh, if heading you know in the months heading into November 2024 they're feeling better than they are now about the economy, that probably benefits the incumbent, uh, the Biden administration. If if they're feeling worse and there's a lot of signs that, you know, the economy could be struggling more uh, in next year than it is this year, then uh, that makes it, I think, a harder slog for the president and his team to argue uh, that they should remain in place. So it's the economy, you know, it's that Carville saying, it's the economy, stupid. I think uh, that that's always going to be, if not the biggest, one of the biggest factors. We know that voters right now are not very pleased with where things are, even if some of the numbers are perhaps better than uh, better than forecast. In the time we have left, Bill, I want to talk about geopolitics and the latest in the Israel-Hamas war with Israeli troops getting uh, gaining ground in Gaza City and now the G7 commenting. What's the latest? Yeah, so we uh, we heard from uh, Israeli Israel's defense minister today saying that their forces are now in the heart of Gaza City. You know, they've been they've kind of encircled Gaza at this point, and they say they're going after uh, key Hamas leaders uh, and trying to destroy some of the tunnel networks and and the weapons depots that have been built up there. Uh, and the G7 coming out today, the the foreign ministers coming out with a unified statement saying that there should be humanitarian pauses in the war. That's of course separate from a ceasefire. Uh, but Israel has even pushed back on the idea of some of the pauses, saying that uh, aid is getting in and, uh, and any, any, any pause would only benefit Hamas. So uh, lots of uh, complicated politics going on there still. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. 
Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.